Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, uh, and at the end, I'll give you some updates. Instead of up front, I'll give you some updates at the end about stuff that's going on radio-wise and what all we're doing on the show and everything. But, um... I wanted to go ahead and get started and respect you guys' time. Um, I'm calling this today the reason for Revelation. And this will be technically finishing up Revelation. Air quotes. Only We, we accomplished this in only about 900 uh, lessons, so we're, we're cutting through. Uh, but we're going to talk about a couple of other things that I think tie in. I'm so glad, Steve, that you played I Need the Every Hour. One, because it's one of my mom's favorite songs. I can remember she would sing the alto harmony. I would sing the tenor, um, and uh, and she could play it on the piano. She didn't read music, but she could make a piano sing. And so um, she grew up hearing these hymns and singing these hymns, and she learned how to play them beautifully just by that. I don't know how. That's a that's an amazing gift. Um, all that said to say this, that uh, I need the every hour, and we don't coordinate. I don't know if you guys know this, but... Steve and I, we don't coordinate. We did initially in the beginning say, hey, how about this, how about that? But it seems like lately, God gives him exactly what to play. Because we do need God every hour. Because Revelation, uh, we're going to talk about several things relating to Revelation. But Revelation is a scary thing. And the fact is, is uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand the purpose of Revelation. They don't, they, it scares them. Uh, understandably so. There's a lot of questions about it. So, what I'm going to try to do is is kind of answer a, some of those questions. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about some of the different symbolism and all that stuff because we've kind of covered that. I got to thinking. I listened back over a couple of the sermons, which I never do, uh, but I happened to this time. I thought, well, let me see what I missed, and it seems like I did kind of cover that well. We are going to talk in coming weeks. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, some of the weather things and how those things are real and they're undeniable. Uh, I talked about that on the radio show, and I talked about that, obviously, here. We did a couple of of messages on that, and some people listened to that, and they reached out to me. And they, you would not believe how shocked and stunned they were. They said, we just, it's, we've checked. You're right. It, it really did happen. I say, it's not me. It's William Koenig. He he wrote this great book. I'm just parroting what he said, but I checked his stuff, and he is right. But they said, you know, this is scary. This is this is really scary things. This is supernatural. And I said, ding, 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 you got it. You got it. Supernatural forces that uh, really are, we're, we're afraid, but what we need to remember is that there's still supernatural stuff going on. We may not escape the hard stuff. The painful stuff. We may not. I, I'm a believer that I think there's lots of Christians who are going to suffer a lot. There's going to be a lot. Look at the Christians being persecuted right now, just in Iraq alone, um, and really tons of other places around the world. And that's going to continue. That's going to continue. So our reason for being apprehensive is valid. We have a valid thing. If you look at what's going on in this country, we're going to at the end we're going to talk about something. Hopefully, I'll 
uh, get to this because I, I really want you to be equipped with this, um, about something that relates to people in Delaware, the state of Delaware, just specifically Delaware. I'm going to give you t a tool that will really help you and show you how it's like if I hand you a gun. Remember last week I talked about this and I talked about it on the show. If I really want you to be proficient, if I'm teaching you self-defense, I'm going to teach you hand-to-hand. -hand, I'm going to teach you all those things. And then I'm going to say, hey, listen, we, have to, we also have to teach you how to use a gun. And then I hold my finger up and I say, hey, this is a 357. This is how it works. This is where you clean. You know, this is where you shoot it. Come on, that's that's not that's child's play. Although I would get suspended for school right now, public school for for doing this. But the point is, you know, this right here, you, kids have gotten suspended for that. You know that, right? One kid bit his pop tart at the uh, state-sponsored breakfast. He bit his top pop tart vaguely in the shape of a gun, and he got suspended. So uh, that's just silliness. Come on, that's just out. Of, that's out of control. That's beyond reason. So anyway, my point in all that is this, is that I have to equip you. So today I'm going to give you a tool and show you how to use it. It's a real tool and you're really going to know how to use it. And everybody in this room, I guarantee you, will be able to deploy this tool very effectively. Not just for this coming election, but for elections moving forward. And not just elections. Not just elections, but every day. Because that's how we have to watch our elected officials. Not our public servants. Try to take that word out of your vernacular. Why do I say that? They're paid very handsomely. They start, you know, their starting salary is very, very good, very reasonable given the amount and time of work that they do. But uh, I have to say, you know, calling them public servants gives them almost a military uh, servant type of uh, uh, credibility that they don't deserve, frankly. Anyway, so. Why is Revelation so confusing? Why is it so scary? Why does it produce so much angst? Well, I think I, I think I have an answer. Maybe not it's not all the answers, because I think there's a lot of answers. But I think the biggest answer is because it's so... And I used to think that it was all of the symbolism uh, and the, the fantastic descriptions and all of these things. And I really don't think it's that anymore. Why don't I think that? How did I arrive at that? I arrived at that conclusion because what do we see on television all the time? We see fantastic productions that you can't discern what's real and what's not. You look at it and you go, you know, that could be real. This could be really happening. You ever see that? I mean, even movies like that movie Avatar. Anybody here ever see that movie, The Blue People? You know, they were so amazing at that. That was so well done. You know, you kind of you kind of believe it. My son told me, he said, Dad, you've got to see this movie. What was it, a year later, I watched it and I was like, <gasps> that looks so real, that's so amazing. Um, <clears throat> cartoons now, fantasy cartoons and all these things. We see all these things. We also see uh, war movies, not so much anymore. They don't make war movies that much anymore, except for like Lone Survivor. Um, and that's a depiction of real events. Uh, but you remember in the old days, you used to see a lot of war movies. A lot of patriotism, a lot of heroes. You used to see a lot of uh, movies that you had a true hero, a clear hero, and a clear villain. And you rooted for the hero. Not so much anymore. The, the, the identities uh, are blending together till it's they're interlinked. So it's kind of scary in a way, but we can't possibly be the fantasy part of it. I reject that that's what scares us. 
Because we see fantasy. If you have a television, or you go to the movie theater, uh, or theater, depending on where you're from, you, uh, you, you will undoubtedly have seen fantastic things that seem real, uh, but are, are yet still such amazing technology and, and just everything about it, the special effects. I remember my dad used to say, you know, back in my day, the actors were good and the special effects weren't, didn't exist and you watched a great movie because there was great actors and great stories and now everything is driven by the car crashes and the explosions and the, you know, all the different things. Here's a funny fact. This has nothing to do with today's message, but you know, movies, rated R movies that are rated R for language or sex undersell G and PG movies by almost 60%. And the Motion Picture Association is the one that re re released those numbers. My, this, again, nothing to do with today's message, but I just got to say it because I can't stand it. I'll explode if I don't say it. Why aren't they making those movies? The answer is they don't care about making money. They care about influ influ influencing your mind. They care about moving your ideals, your morals, your values. They care about moving you off of this God business and getting you more moved into the, well, leave it alone with the marriage, the gay marriage, the this, the abortion, the blah, blah, blah. Just leave it alone. You know what? You're not going to win that. We're all people. Don't be so mean. Let's just move on and be a one big, happy, modern family. Very popular show. Very funny show uh, on television. And yet, the depictions there are just absolutely mind-boggling. So they, they try to numb us. So, so I think we can agree. I think I'll get your guys' agreement that it's not just the fantasy part of it that scares us. When we read some of these verses, it's like, whoa, this is some wild stuff. But listen, as I say all the time, if you don't incorporate the Old Testament in your study, you're missing more than half of the Bible. And if you read the Old Testament, you know, whoa, God is a loving God, but boy, is he just, and he ain't playing. So we have to know those things. So we've seen examples of that. So it can't be that. It can't be that. It just can't be that. Because we've seen it. We it wouldn't be that that nudges us over the edge and make us afraid of it. The angst people feel, the, the, the fear that they feel, I think to a great extent has to be, hey brother, uh, has to be, it just has to be the story that's being told and its direct and undeniable impact on us. And then the fear, the angst, the struggle after that realization, wow, this impacts me, is where do I stand with God? See, Christians and Messianics and, and uh, Protestants in general have a somewhat common belief that um, there are certain things we have to do to be in be welcomed by God into heaven to to uh, accomplish the prerequisites to salvation we believe that we believe some believe you pray a prayer and you're saved forever some believe well you pray a prayer and you're saved forever 
However, if you blaspheme God, that's the unpardonable. Unpardoned. It's not the unpardonable. It's the unpardoned sin. And some believe, you know what? You got to work. You got to earn different levels. You know, you know the religions, the different ones. You have to achieve certain levels. Some believe how you raise your family is indicative of whether you're going to heaven or not. Some believe if you're touched by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in an in a outwardly manifested and obvious way, then you're going to heaven. Some believe at any given moment you can be saved, not saved, be saved, not saved, be saved. I don't know. I'm leaning toward not saved, saved, not saved, saved. I'm doing pretty good. You know, there's all that. And that's, and that's a very manipulatable thing. It, you can really manipulate people when you have that power over them. So what I'm saying to you is, I believe, this is just Dr. Sean talking, I believe that much of the fear and angst that we feel is because we don't know where we stand with God. Some people struggle with that in the quiet moments. Now in a church gathering, oh, I know I'm saved. Mm, praise Jesus. I am, I'm going to testify. I'm saved. You know I'm saved. And then they get about to get in a fight. Somebody messes with them. And they're like, you better be glad I'm saved, y'all. Because if I wasn't saved, I'm going to testify. I would tear you up. Right? So they're, they're using that. They're testifying they're saved. And then afterwards, they ask themselves based on how they react or based on what they did in the next 24 hours. People with, I talked about this last week, people with hurt, ha hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Really serious things that they're struggling with. You know, that even secular society might even look down upon. And they, in their mind, question their own salvation because they say, hey, there's been a break between me and God. I've disappointed Dad. I prayed today at the Michael Strange Foundation. I was just so honored. I didn't know I was supposed to speak. Apparently, you knew I was supposed to Did you know I was supposed to speak? I didn't know I was supposed to speak, but I was supposed to speak. So I opened in prayer and then gave my little speech that I made up as I went along. Um, but I spoke from the heart, so I, I, you know, they mean a lot to me. They mean a whole lot to me. Uh, the Gold Star families, it's just such an, a, a critical need. Anyway, um, in, the, in the prayer that I prayed, I, I remembered some of these people are, are from very different faiths, and there was a couple there that don't have a faith at all. Uh, I think one was an agnostic, and the other lady was an actual atheist, and she didn't object to praying, but you could tell that the whole praying thing was very uncomfortable for her. As I would understand, it would be. Uh, if a Satanist, Satanist was in there praying to his God, which is Satan, I would have a problem with that. I wouldn't sit around and listen to it. I would walk out and then come back in when he was fi finishing defiling himself and the whole group. So, anyway. So, so let, me, let me say this, because if I'm going to get to this, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to speed, speed up here a little bit. Um, The struggles that people have are mostly secret struggles. They're hidden struggles. Most of the doubts that we have are usually doubts in secret. Most people aren't really outward about their fears, their apprehensions, their, their doubts about their own selves. Some, some Christians if in, in triple blind studies will say, yeah, sometimes I do wonder if God is real. Sometimes I wonder if I'm just praying to the air. Sometimes I do wonder that. Most of the time, I'm pretty confident that you know there's God there and I can feel Him. But in times of very dark times, similar to what you're going through, uh, I wonder, is, is God really listening? Does He really hear me? 
And I would say to you the same thing I said to the group today is, listen, you, listen churches, we got to stop with all this rejecting and pushing people away because they have a hurt habit or hang-up. Because where we show them that God is real is when they say, you know what, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. And honestly, I don't know what to do. It's out of my power. And instead of pushing that person away, we reach our arms around them. Now, if they have a suicide vest on, like a bomb vest, and they're saying, I can't decide, do I press the button, do I not? Then we scatter. We, we skedaddle. That was a joke. It was a joke grenade. You know, a suicide bomber coming close to coming somewhere close to you today, uh, or very soon. That, that is a serious statement. I, I literally believe that's the next thing in America. Suicide bombers, blowing bridges, blowing water supplies, and then the next will be nuclear plants and fuel supplies. Absolutely. Yeah, not for nothing. I'll do a whole sermon on that at some point. <clears throat> so it's fear. It's, it's uncertainty. I mean, I think a show of hands in here, how many people would say, you know what, yeah, I, I have been uncertain before about something very serious. That at some point in the very close before, I was really sure. And then something happened. I don't know what happened. I got, I got a little shaky. I think all of us would admit to that. I think it's understandable. And in our faith, different people have been different in different places at different times. I've known people that you would look at, honest to goodness, and you'd say, that person's faith has never, ever been shaken. I guarantee that. And then you get close to them, and you talk to them, and you do devotions with them, and you say, hey, have you ever had a dark time where you felt God, maybe he was there, maybe he wasn't? And they shake their head and go, yeah, you idiot. You naive Christian idiot. What do you mean? I've been, everybody's been there. If they're honest with themselves, everybody's been there in the darkness of certain times. But then some people, they get to a certain point in their faith that there's nothing you could show them, nothing you could tell them. That the, the old hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. They, they have turned their eyes upon Jesus. They've looked full in His wonderful face. And they will not be moved. No matter what Hollywood shows them, they put in movies. Listen, we're coming up on Halloween. Uh, I don't call it a holiday. I don't celebrate it. I reject it. Uh, I don't think it's a fun, well, it's just fun and kids like to dress up. I reject even the harvest celebrations that most churches do. I don't hold it against them. I don't think they're bad people. Uh, I don't look down on churches that do that. I understand they're trying to reclaim a, a, a part of, of culture for, for God. They're trying to redeem something for God, but that is absolutely of the devil, and I want no part of it. I, nobody... You know, it's just not it's not for me, and I reject it. I think we're embracing the enemy when we have any part to do with it at all. That's just me. You do what you want for yourself. So there'll be a lot of people returning their fancy uh, Halloween costume decorations and all that stuff. Probably not. So every day I wear mine too. I wear my scary mask every day. So why do end times prophecy related sermons, books, CDs, and DVDs sell so well? And really, the real question is, is, why are these types of studies so profitable? I think based on the number of downloads of, of this sermon series, if I charged 99 cents per download, I'd be, I'd be sitting pretty right now, believe it or not. Tens of thousands. And I wonder why. Why? 
what is the curiosity? Why do why do why are people they're unwilling to purchase something that says, "Hey, eat this, don't eat this to be healthy. Um, pray this way to honor God." You know, we could list a hundred sermon titles, First and Second Corinthians, which is what we're going to be starting either next week or the week after. Um, fascinating, fascinating couple of books, and they don't mean to a great extent what we may we may believe they mean. It'll blow your mind. It will definitely. Blow. I know I've told you that before, and you're like, yeah, it won't blow my mind. And then your mind gets blown. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess so. Uh, this will be that case, and it's going to be fun. It's a really neat thing to study. Um, however, the, the question is uh, kind of on the table here: is why do these things? Why are people buying them up? Listen, people will pay two hundred dollars for a DVD series. Of stuff they can look in the Bible, really, and pretty much get that for free if they already have a Bible. They could go to the YouTube, and they could look up stuff and pretty much get similar content. But they buy it, and there are people that specialize in just end times prophecy. Now, let me. This is my disclaimer. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think if somebody has a fascination with that uh, that specific uh, area of study. To the extent that they become a fantastic uh, student of it and, a, and an expert, and they're so great at explaining it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also don't think, I'm going to say on the other side of that, that preaching on the love of Jesus, I, I think the love of Yeshua is amazing. The love of God, Adonai Elohim, I think that He is absolutely amazing in the way that He loves. And there are some people that make a career, they make a very good li- living, talking about the love of of God and the love of Yeshua. Well, here's the thing. I think that if you only talk about that, then you're not preaching the full gospel. And woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So, I'll say this to you, and I th- and I think this is a fair this is a fair statement. There are a lot of people out there. There's a, there's a, a couple married couple from Houston, Texas, have a big stadium church, and uh, they're fixing to go on XM Sirius. And have their own station you subscribe to. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Five ninety nine a month. They'll be they're not that they're not already millionaires, which I'm not against. Listen, you put out a good product and it's worth a certain amount, God bless you, I'm for it. But if you preach a bunch of crap uh, that is absolutely it makes you an apostate, uh, and you and you twist scripture for profit, I don't want to be standing behind you. I don't want to be standing. I got enough to stand for, and I still don't want to stand behind you, because it's going to be a while. I just, I just think, man, that's a a bad situation. But, the, but those types of things sell well. But Revelation sells. It's the number one selling thing. As you're flicking across, um, as you're clicking across the channels, and you see something on end times prophecy. This week we watched the Nazi Gospels. You know, there's a whole gospel, there's a whole Christian thing based uh, very powerfully on Martin Luther. You know, super, as you guys know, that have heard, super, uh, super, super, super anti-Semitic. I mean, really, really hated the Jews. So, you know, there's certain things that, that you'll stop for because it's directly tied to the end times. The things that have happened up until now create links and roadmaps. I call them breadcrumbs. It creates a breadcrumb. Here's where we were. Here's where we're headed. 
So I think the other reason why it sells so well, not because it's, it's, it is fascinating, people want to know, they want to know where am I going? Where, how is, how is this going to end? You ever have a good book? You're reading a good book, uh, and wow, it's just so good that part of you says, I don't want to skip ahead because I want this book to last forever. And at the same time, you're really resisting like, oh, I got to know how this thing ends, you know, because it's such a good book, right? So you want to skip ahead. Well, that's what a lot of us do. We want to skip ahead. We want to know what's coming. We want to know how this ends. Somebody tell me clearly how this ends. Tell me in a way I can't mistake. How does this end? How does this story end? How does my life play out? Right? We, I, myself, personally, I don't want to know how my life is going to end up. I don't want to know how it's going to play out. I don't need to know that. I trust God that if it's His will that the sun rises and I wake to it, and then I live through the day and the sun sets and I wake the next day, His will uh, supersedes any, any impact that I have. I need to take care of myself. I need to not smoke crack and, and run with scissors and lean back in my chair and stand in front of the refrigerator all day long. I need to do the right healthy things. But the bottom line is, I don't, I don't have that curiosity. How is my life going to end up? Because I say, you know what, if I focus too much on that, the legacy, then I'm getting pretty Greek there. Because remember what we've learned. We've learned that that's a very Greek idea, to leave a legacy. It's live a legacy. Be, be, and do something worth memorializing, whether you are or you're not. So, so that's where I stand with that. I think, I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I'm asked this question. I get text messaged and emailed this question all the time. How do I come to a greater understanding, a more thorough understanding of Revelation? How do I do that? And I tell people, number one, you've got to read it. You can't... The, the assumption of learning, uh, the traditional learning, is, is it something we're taught in seminary, Tradi the idea of traditional learning. The idea of traditional learning is, is you believe something, you don't really know what the nuts and bolts of it are, you just believe it because you've always, that's what I've always been taught, that's what I always believe, right? So that's what we do, we, we believe it because we were always taught it and we trusted the pastors and the Sunday school teachers, we don't really know where it came from, but we just trust in them, hey, I, believe, I have faith in them, they're good people. And you might well be able to have good faith in them, they are good people, but the bottom line is, is it might not necessarily be accurate. I did that. I'll confess, raising my hand, I did that. Uh, I grew up, I had some really great Bible teachers and uh, as a young kid and, and some great influences that taught with all their heart certain things that were absolutely wrong. They were absolutely wrong. They were very sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. Nothing against them, because they believed based on their studies and based on what they heard. So traditional learning. Most of us think we've read Revelation. Most people that say, you know, I read, uh, these are usually atheists or agnostics. You know, I've read your Bible. I've read all through your Bible. I've read your Bible ten times. Uh, this is my complete Jewish Bible. By just having this in the house is not reading it. I can even do this. Uh, uh, holding it against my head. Nothing's coming in. You know, this is not reading the Bible. that's not reading the Bible. So many people say, well, I read the Bible and it didn't do anything for me. Well, I prayed and it didn't do anything for me. Well, I became a Christian and it didn't do anything for me. And in my counseling practice, I hear this all the time. Dr. Sean, I say, what did you do 
to help your problem yourself. Dr. Sean, I tried everything. I tried everything. People that come to me for business, you know, consulting, they say, Dr. Sean, I, I tried everything to get my business going, and it just wouldn't go. It just wouldn't go. And I say, what did you try? I tried everything. I told you, I tried everything. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do. I look around for a piece of paper and a pencil, and I hand them a piece of paper and a pencil, and I say, write down everything you tried. I'll give you all the time you need. And I sit there about 10 seconds, and they have to sort of write one thing down. Then they rewrite that thing, but use different words, and that's number two. And then they get stuck. Well, I don't know. I just, I, I, I tried everything. Well, two things is not everything. Two things isn't everything. And especially if the second thing is just a restatement of the first thing, just using different words, different phrases. It's, sorry, that, that, that doesn't work for me. That dog doesn't hunt. So what I'm saying to you is, are uh, people ask me, what can I do? How can I come to a greater understanding of Revelation? you got to read it. But you got to read it with those little numbers and those little letters that are cross-references and looking back into Ezekiel and looking back into Daniel looking back into all these Old Testament, and read why, and you learn really quickly, you, you learn, hey, this, this is telling us about the past. It's telling us as much about the past as it is is telling us about the future. And the more we go back and we know about that past, the more this will make sense. A lot of it doesn't make sense because we refuse to look at those little numbers. Some... Because if I don't have my glasses, I don't even see those little numbers. But, you know, you've got to look at the numbers. If you're looking on an electronic Bible, all you have to do is, boop, press it. And wham, all the references pop up. And you can press on each one of those and go right to that. Go right back to where you were. It remembers where you were. It's amazing, fantastic stuff. So, I, I think the first step is to, is to, if you want to know what it means, read it. And read it again. And read it again after that. I want to say I'm on my 34th time through the Bible, and I learn every time. I learn every time. And sometimes I learn uh, something that I think, how did I miss this before? I've read this before. How did I miss this? you got to read it. you got to read it. Now, one thing I'm going to throw out there to you, if you do a lot of driving, or you get sleepy, or, or you, you have uh, maybe a vision problem, or something of that sort, Get you a cheap CD player and some headphones. And get you the Bible on CD. Or if you're a computer person, get it on, get it on a flash drive. And listen to it. Have it playing in your house. Have it just playing in the background. If you have a CD player that has a timer on it, set it for 20 minutes and fall asleep to the Word of God. Set your alarm to wake you up with the Word of God. Tell me that's not powerful stuff. That's simple and it's easy. And everybody can do it. Everybody can. So here's the thing. I, I think you've got to read it. You've got to read it. Or listen to it if you don't have that physical capacity. You've got to read it. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to look at those cross-references. You've got to go back into the Old Testament and look at those. Then the, the, the next thing you've got to do, if you really want to come to a thorough understanding of Revelation, is you've got to pray through the Word. You've got to pray through the Word. If you come to a part you don't understand, Father, I, I need your help. I started to say earlier, and I forgot to finish uh, at the prayer today, I was asked to pray 
uh, the opening and the closing of the closing ceremonies today. And I prayed how I normally pray. You, you kind of hear how I pray, but not really. Um, I greet God the Father, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I, I greet Him. I, I, I remember one time I was at a church and I heard the pastor say, good morning, Father. Good morning. And he was sincere. He was so... And you know a guy like that, that's not his first time talking to God that day. But you felt he was respectful. But he was in relationship. He could greet him that way because he was his daddy. And he got it. So I did that, and a lady came up to me afterwards, and she said, I've never heard anybody pray like that in my life. And I said, you know, if we want to know more about God... We have to talk to him more. And if a difficult subject like Revelation and end times prophecy and all these things, the symbolism and everything, the hard things of life, isn't it ironic the same advice applies? Read and study for yourself. Dig in deep. Use your cross-references and pray. Talk with God. And then, the last thing is if you want to understand Revelation better, have a better, then listen. We can't ask God. We say, God, I need you to help me with this now. I need your help. Now, this is my problem. I need your help. This is my problem. And you spell out the problem. You say, Father, I need your help. I need your help. I'm in urgent need, Father. I need your help. I need you to give me the answer. The answer is what I need today, Father. I need you to give me answers, Lord. Lord, I need the answers. That's what I need. I'm praying, Father, you'll give me. I'm trusting you, Father. Give you me. You're going to give me the answers, Father. You're going to fill me with answers. Uh, sometimes I think God goes, could you shut up for two seconds so I could tell you? Be still and know that I am God. You have to be still. Be still, in the Hebrew concept, is be silent and still and listen. Remember the old, the old um, I remember you used to teach little kids, you go like this, you shake your ear, you point your ear, go cover your mouth and point to the ears. It's time to listen. Well, that is the same concept, and we as adults are the worst. Because we want it now. We want it now. I want to understand Revelation now. You might understand Revelation one paragraph at a time. One concept at a time. It may take years to do. Isn't he worth it? I say he's worth it. I say the, And you say, well, I don't know. I spent all this time and then God comes back. I'm not finished. That'll be unfinished thing. What a bummer. I've got a news flash for you. Special news flash. This is free of charge. No cost or obligation to you. I'm telling you, you will know instantly... When God comes back, you will know all the answers and your studying will be finished. Sevens. I just want to talk about sevens. People ask me about the, the numerology, uh, um, the, um, the codes of the Bible. Uh, I'm going to say there is some mystic. There's a lot of myst- Most people don't know that uh, in Judaism, there's a lot of mysticism too. They, a lot of people want to reject that. They want to say, no, no, no. There is. There is. There absolutely is. Especially ancient Judaism. However, as it relates to numbers, we do know that God favors certain numbers. Interestingly, he created them all, so he likes them all, I'm sure. But some of them mean a lot. Sevens. So I'm just putting a bug in your ear. When you read the scripture, I want you to think every time he says seven or sevenfold. Every time in Revelation, it's seven or sevenfold. Raise your hand and say, Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah. Because you've just been blessed. When you read that and you see seven or sevenfold, Hallelujah, Father. I've been blessed today. 
Trust me when I tell you, it's not, it's not crazy talk, it's real. If you read that and you come to a seven, that is the number, people always like to say, of perfection. However, it's the number truly in the most literal, in, in the ancient, it's, it is for God the number of completion. It's the number of completion. How many things did God say from, how many things did Yeshua say from the cross? And what was the last thing he said? It is complete. It is accomplished. Praise his holy name. Okay, so just for fun, I'm going to read some stuff. You know, I'm not going to tell you where it is. You can find it yourself. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. That doesn't sound fun. Look, the adversary is going to have some of you thrown in prison in order that you in order to put you to the test. And you will face an ordeal for ten days. Remain faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your crown. Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the Messianic communities. He who wins the victory will not be hurt at all by the second death. That's in the Bible. That's in Revelation. If that doesn't give you hope in placing your faith and trust in Yeshua HaMashiach, I don't know what does. Anyway, there's more. I know what you're doing. You have a reputation for being alive, but in fact you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains before it dies too. For I have found what you are doing incomplete in the sight of my God. So remember what you received and heard and obey it and turn from your sin. For if you don't wake up, I will come like a thief and you don't know at what moment I will come upon you. Listen, that's a scary statement. First statement was a lot easier to read, wasn't it? Because we got some good feeling out of that. We read that and said, don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I don't like the suffer part, but don't be afraid. And it says, he who wins the victory will not be hurt at all by the second death. How do you win a victory, folks? You fight. You don't win a victory from running away. There's never been a war that's been won by retreating. Never, not one time. Now, in different uh, battles within the war, you, you will retreat to sucker them in, and then you flank them because they think, oh, we're killing them. You flank them, you, and you come around behind and, poof, and blow up your enemy. But in reality, no, no, no war has ever been won by retreating. We're not going to win by retreating. We don't gain victory by retreating. But that, that is so much easier to read, isn't it? Then I know what you're doing. You have a reputation for being alive, but in fact you are dead. Wake up. And strengthen what remains before it dies too. Let me tell you this. There's a whole, I talk about this all the time. There's a whole lot of fake Christians and fake Christ followers of the way in churches all across this country. And there are in this state. I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of fakes. There's a lot of fakes. Now, am I saying that somebody is not as good as what they put themselves out to be? No, not really. Am I saying the pastors have hurts, habits, and hang-ups that you don't know about, so therefore, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying their faith and how they live out their faith, the reality of their faith, what motivates them, what drives them, some of them are just fake. They're fake. They're just not real. They're not real. It's something that's easy for them to do. They may have a propensity uh, or proclivity. Um, they, they may be able to, to uh, present in a certain way to be very convincing and, and impactful, uh, you know, who knows what their talent is. 
But what's here isn't there. What we think is there isn't there. And I'm not saying that they, well, if, you know, don't, because I'm, I'm as fallible as anybody you'll ever see. I'm a mess. And so don't look to that and go, well, you, you're fake. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that moment when the trial comes, where do you turn? Do you look in some secular instruction book or go on YouTube to figure out how to do it, how to get through it? Do you consult a psychiatrist or a psychologist? Sometimes I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Or do you go first to God? And good morning, Father. As you well know, I'm really in a struggle. Father, I need your help today. Do you go to the Scripture and pray through those Scriptures? Pray through them. God will show you answers. He will absolutely show you answers. Here's another one. I think this is fun. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. I will make him who wins the victory a pillar in the temple of my God and he will never leave it. What do you have to do to win? You have to fight. No court case has ever been won without somebody fighting for justice. No football game has ever been won without one team fighting harder than the other. No NASCAR race has ever been won without somebody digging and fighting and staying in it. You don't, you don't win unless you fight. Unless you try real hard. And that fight for many people in this room might very well be, might very well be in the darkness of your thoughts when you're all alone and you're saying, God, why am I alone? That act in and of itself, you say, no, that's an act of doubt with God. No, it's not an act of doubt of God because you who did you call upon to answer that question? You say, God, why am I all alone? Why have you left me all alone? We know many greats in Scripture who have cried out to God. They cried out to God. They didn't cry out somewhere else. They didn't get the newspaper. Thank the Lord. Uh, you know, they didn't go watch a movie. They, they, they got in the Scripture. They prayed and they cried out to God. Anyway, not for nothing. You can't win if you don't fight. Another one, just for fun. This is all in Revelation. I don't need a thing. You don't know that you are the one who is wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. My advice to you is buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white clothing so that you may be dressed and not have to be ashamed of your nakedness. And I salve to rub on your eyes so that you may see. As for me, I rebuke and discipline everyone I love. What? So exert yourselves. What? Exert myself? I thought this was supposed to be easy. Exert yourselves and turn from your sins. That means every day. That's an active, continuing turn from your sins. You look at that, you diagram that, it's, it's active. And it's ongoing. It doesn't, it's not one time. Turn from your sins. It's every day. Turn from your sins. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. Every day. Every day. I don't know. Seems easy to me. Sounds so much easier. As for me, I rebuke and discipline everyone I love. So exert yourselves and turn from your sins. Here, I'm standing at the door knocking. If somebody's knocking at your door, somebody knocking at your door. You remember that one? That just popped in my head. Somebody ringing a bell. Yeah, I don't even know what that song was about. 
Come on in. And let me ask you this. This has nothing to do with it. I hope I don't lose my place. But MacArthur Park, someone left a cake out in the rain? First of all, first of all, who puts a cake out where it might rain? If it's a chocolate or a double chocolate cake, who's putting the cake out in the rain? MacArthur Park. It's a big Donna Summer song. She, God rest her soul. She, she did this big song, disco song, and it was and, and MacArthur Park. Someone left a cake out in the rain, and I, somebody had to bake it. I don't even know. It's just the craziest song. Anyway, not for nothing. That has nothing to do with this. You will never have that recipe again. What? Write some stuff down. We have the internet. You can look that up. That must be some kind of good cake, y'all. There has been some good cakes and stuff here. And I think, ooh, I hope they wrote that down and are willing to share because I'd like to eat that. There's none left. Yeah, we usually tear it up. Anyway, here I am standing at the door knocking. What do you do when somebody's knocking at your door? Well, if you look out and you see it's somebody you don't want to see, you act like you're not home. But I don't do that. But I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, for sure, she does. So what I would so what I would say to you is, if it's somebody you want to see, right? Somebody's come, they're visiting you, and you want to see them. You have to go open the door. You have to go open the door. That's a physical act we have to do. If you want to understand Revelation. You have to do all those things I mentioned before, and then you have to open the door to Yeshua. You have to open the door. Don't pray and saying, God, if you're real, answer my prayer. What? God, because you're real, I trust that you'll answer my prayer. Now, it may not happen the way you want it to, because half the time, 95, 99% of, 99.9% of the time, the what we're praying for, we have no business having. It doesn't make a bit of sense why we're praying for this thing. But we do, because we think we know better than God. So we pray for this thing. So you've got to open the door. You gotta, you, somebody knocks at the door. Somebody like God knocks at your door. You've got to answer. If someone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him. You imagine Yeshua coming in and having a meal with you. Listen, I love to cook. I love to cook. I, I, I love to cook, let me tell you. But I'm going to say this. Somebody tells me Yeshua's coming to dinner. Every plate in the house, every, every pot in the house, dirty. You know I can do it too. I will borrow pots from the neighbor and dirty them. I'll cook every darn thing you can imagine. If it's not perfect, oh, i got to do it again. He tells you all you have to do is open the door. And he'll come in and he'll eat with us. Remember what I've said in, in Jewish tradition and in Jewish culture, man, somebody sits and has a meal with you. That's That's huge. That's huge. You are in. Unless your food is horrible. In which case, go to the Costco and get food and say it's yours. He'll know you're lying, but he'll appreciate that you lied. Oh, my children. They, they want me. I don't think God has a southern accent. But I, I'm saying that he, he will appreciate your effort, your intent of your heart. You want to put, Now, don't lie to him and go, yeah, I made that. I slaved over the thing. 
And he'd be like, mm, I see your Costco card laying over there, all hot from it running through the thing. Anyway, you can tell I've been through this scenario in my head about a hundred times. What would I make? If he comes for dinner, what am I going to make? I'd love to make spaghetti because I love spaghetti and meatballs. But then that's just too basic, you know. So then I go through my mind, what would I make for him? I never arrive at anything. I always am at it for a few minutes. And then I get off of it really quick because I'm thinking, that's not special. He could, he could have more special things than that. But he just wants to come in and sit with us and eat. If we had buttered bread, he'd be fine with him. In fact, he would probably make the bread. <laughs> you know? I mean, really and truly, that's all he wants. That's all he wants is for us to want to have a meal with him. To share fellowship and community. He wants you to not always tell him your problems but to give him praise for helping you through those problems you prayed about a year ago that you forgot about as soon as he handled it. Not that he needs it. He doesn't need it. He just needs you to express and recognize God's got this. Anyway. Holy, holy, holy is Adonai, God of heaven's armies, the one who was, who is, and who is coming. Armies? Wait. Armies where? Did, did I read that wrong? Holy, holy, holy is Adonai, God of heaven's armies, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Heaven's armies? What are armies for? What are armies for? To fight. Armies are for fighting, and if in heaven there's battles, you know what those battles are for? They're battling for you. When you are at your darkest moment, they're battling for you. There's, there's a precious army that's on its knees pleading your case before the Father. There's Yeshua Hamashiach, the one who went to earth, the dirtiest place ever, to a perfect being, lived 30 years of sinless life, performed miracles beyond explanation that were seen by thousands, was tortured mercilessly and unjustly, murdered on a cross, obviously dead, buried behind a big, huge stone, and despite guards who had everything to lose by the body being stolen, he was not there. That's who's fighting for you. So when you get in the Scripture and you read Revelation for all it's worth and you read it again and again and again and again and you pray through and you look at those you go back and look at those little letters and those cross-references, and you say, Good morning, Father. Can you help me with this today? I'm going to read this chapter, and I know this is a struggle for me. I know it's easy for you since you're the one that wrote it through the hand. But Yochanan, he, or John, uh, the revelator, I mean, you told him, but you didn't tell me, so could you help me with this? You don't think that the angels in heaven, when they hear... When you pray to God like that, you don't think they're eager to help you? Help you learn? Help you come to some conclusions? Help you arrive at some life-changing truth that sometimes are so simple that we don't see them as life-changing truth. We think that life-changing truth is going to be this big, hard thing. And it's not always. You are worthy, Adonai, Elohim, 
to have glory, honor, and power because you created all things. Yes, because of your will, they were created and came into being. Listen, if we believe in Adonai, if we believe in Elohim, if we believe in that, then we believe everything that was created here on the planet was created by God. If He can do that, He will carry us through the greatest trials, not only of revelation, but of our life here, especially now. He's the God of here and now, not just revelation and these wild things are going to happen. So we say, God, help me understand revelation, but we walk past all of those things that we need help for today. We walk past those things because we say, no, I got. I don't want to understand God's plan for me here. I, I want to understand that down there because I'm going to skip over those things. I want to skip over this. This isn't interesting. I want to... I want to Understand that. The simplicity of it is just mind-boggling. But we skip over because we want to understand. Maybe sometimes our minds stay shut to things like Revelation because God says, hey, you don't got Matthew yet. Brother, you don't have Matthew yet. You don't have Luke yet. My lands, you don't have Exodus yet. What you worrying about Revelation? We'll do that another day. Go back and read these. I'll put some letters in Revelation. It'll guide you back. Maybe while you're back there in the Old Testament reading up some stuff, you'll go, hmm, this is interesting. I didn't know this. Maybe I'll stay here a while. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, I got a spit guard for my uh, for my thing here. I'll be never be gladder when these braces are off my face. Good lands, I hate these things. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud look. I did it again. The P's and the T's, folks. Look out! You're in the first row. Proclaiming in a loud voice, "Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals?" But no one in heaven, on earth or under the earth, was able to open the scroll or look inside it. I cried and I cried because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look inside it. One of the elders said to me, Don't cry. Look, the lion of the tribe of Yehudah, the root of David, has won the right to open the scroll and its seven seals. Somebody tell me in this audience tonight, who is the lion of Judah? Yeshua Hamashiach. The son of the living God. He came and he handled all this. He took care of all this. He, he birthed in us an understanding and a power we can't comprehend because we're stuck on the small stuff. Even though little things don't mean a lot, they mean everything. The bottom line is until you understand those basic principles, in the end, God wins. But here's the crazy truth that we all miss. He's already won. Yeshua has already fought for us. And everything after that is Him coming back and reclaiming His people in a way because He's not coming back as a baby. He's not going to be in swaddling clothes. Clothes. He's not going to be in that. It's going to be a whole different deal. But the bottom line is, on that cross... He won the victory for us. But really, the empty grave is our trophy. 
You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals because you were slaughtered. At the cost of blood, you ransomed for God's persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You made them into a kingdom for God to rule, kohenim, to serve Him, and they will rule over the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the sound of a vast number of angels, thousands and thousands, millions and millions. They were all around the throne the living beings and the elders, and they shouted out, Worthy is the slaughtered lamb to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and praise. Sometimes we don't have the answer of Revelation. We don't understand the answer of Revelation because we don't understand what it means to praise God. We say, I don't want to look silly. I don't want to be over the top. Be in your house. Be in your study room. Be by yourself and see what it means to turn loose of the bounds that tie your feet to the earth. When I give an invitation, I give weird invitations, let me tell you, but I tell people to unhinge your feet from the floor. If you are unwilling to get up out of that seat among people who all around you, there's some, there's some hypocrites, there's some liars, there's some folks, they were talking about, mm-hmm, yeah, what they going forward for? You know, they was up there last week. They can't get saved twice in one month. You know? There's some people like that that'll do that. But most of the people, when you're sitting in church, and I don't care if you're saved or you're not saved, sometimes you've got to get up and go that act of saying, I'm not standing here any longer. I'm not staying in this hurt. I'm not staying in this place. I'm not staying in this sorrow. I'm not staying in this grief. I'm not staying in this brokenness of my life one more second. I'm standing up, I'm unhinging my feet, and I'm moving. It's not about going forward. It's never been about going forward. It's the act of obedience and saying to God, I stand before you, unashamed, to call upon your name and to plead for your hand in my life. And I'm done sitting among the people who look the part every single week. I'm done being that person. You want to understand revelation? Have a revelation. Have a revelation in your life. Have, have a release of worship. I'm not saying you have to do it necessarily in front of other people, but I'm saying when you're worshiping, every now and then, folks, a tear's got to break loose from your eyes and burn a trail across your cheek as you look to heaven and say, Father, you have rescued me from so much, and I thank you. You have given me hope and grace and, and just such peace in so many times in my life. I have to thank you. I need it again. You know I need it again because you know my struggle and you know my pain. You know the decision I'm struggling with. I know people in this room are struggling with huge, powerful decisions. And you just need a word from God to say, to put the hand on you and say, it's okay, brother. It's okay. It's a hard decision. I know it is. It's not hard for me because I'm God. But okay. But I'm going to help you through it. Because I'm God, I'm going to give you a hand. You know why? Because you, you released yourself from the bonds of earth. And you saw me as you say I am. A supernatural being. The creator. The one. What does it say? It says here, you are worthy, Adonai Elohim, to have glory, honor, and power because you created all things, including me. 
Yes, because of your will they were created and came into being. If we have a God like that, why don't we pray to Him like that? If we have a God like that, if that's our God, why do we start the day losing the battle? Why do we start these challenges that our country is facing? Listen, folks, I'm telling you, these are perilous times. You know, if you've heard 10 minutes of me preach, you know these are perilous times. These are seriously perilous times. I was with people today that the government killed their children. Not hyperbole, not guessing. The government killed their children while wearing an American flag on their uniform shoulder. How do you think it is to get up like that, knowing your government did this to you? Some of those killed, 22 years they've served. Us, you and me, for pennies. You think that's easy? What, except for the grace of God, the love of God, the power of God, the infusion of His presence. Those people couldn't get up every day. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'll, I'll just confide in you. If it weren't for God, some days I couldn't get up and get out of bed. Last night I tried to roll over. I dislocated my knee. And I was getting ready to lean over and, and grab it because it was hurting, and it popped back in. <laughs> it was crazy. Could happen now. It could be fun. Maybe I'll fall near the food. I'll be all right. Catch my fall. Catch my fall. Yeah. I love this. I love this. And I heard every creature in heaven on earth, under the earth, and on the sea, yes, everything in them saying, to the one sitting on the throne, and to the Lamb belong praise, honor, glory, and power forever and ever. The four living beings said, Amen. And the elders did what? They fell down. And they worshipped. They didn't stand there stately. You're moving a little bit too much there, Mr. Elder. No. They fell on their face. And when they say they fell on their face, I don't mean they took their time and got down in a very orderly fashion and very uh, classy and elegant and all that. No, they fell on their face and they worshipped Him. Most of us are locked down in our understanding of Scripture because we're locked down in our emotion. We're locked down because we don't fully understand I will tell you this, if you, you watch the passion of the Christ and you don't shed torrents of tears, I don't know, I got to see it before it went out to the movies. I went with a bunch of pastors and I'm telling you right now, it was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. One of the most powerful experiences of my life. If you can't read of the account in the Bible, if the Bible isn't becoming living like a movie to you, you aren't releasing yourself into it. You have a tether. Your feet are locked to the earth. You're grabbing a, 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 a ring that's on a chain that's made of iron and it's wrapped around this big tree and there's big iron straps and, and you're saying, I'm not letting go of this. And the this that they're letting go, I'm not saying become a Pentecostal. Hey, that's your thing, that's your thing. But what I'm saying is emotionally, inside, your idea of worship is this very contained, pressed-in thing. 
I'm saying if you want to understand Revelation, you have to read something like this where they, the elders, the four living beings, and, and the elders fell down and worshiped. They said, Amen. We agree. It is said. We agree. And they fell down and worshiped. I'm just saying, try it. Find a place in your house when you're all alone. Doesn't have to be when somebody else is there. Just try releasing yourself to God. You say you trust Him with your life, but trust Him with your worship. Trust Him with your embarrassment. I'm not talking about tongues. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about worshiping God unrestrained by the bounds of this earth. He deserves that. He deserves that. We thank you, Adonai, God of heaven's armies, the one who is and was, that you have taken your power and have begun to rule. The goyim raged, but now your rage has come. The time for the dead to be judged. Some folks struggle with revelation because it takes away the delusion that we won't all be judged. I want to say this, and this is, this is, I almost think sometimes I should end this here and, and stop the recording, but I want to leave this on because there's probably somebody at home that's listening to this or somebody's going to be in their car that this is important to them. I'm telling you, if you don't start letting go of your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups, your sorrows, your grief, those things that have been a millstone around your neck for so long. You will never get to the point where you understand the one who is, who was, and who will always be. You will never get to the point where you understand what happens when you fall down and you worship God. You'll never get there. Because you're, you're being stopped by this this thing back here. And you say, well, you just closed with something about judgment. The judgment. You know, the, the sins that we answer for, the sins that we answer for when we come before God are only the sins for which we have not repented. Don't get that twisted. It's only the sins for which we have not repented. I say make the list short when you're having that face-forward contact and communication and worship with God. Keep short accounts with God. Don't let the list get long. Because you know what? I'm going to say this. If you reach out to God, if you reach out to God and you say every day, God, I, I say this in my prayers a lot of times. I say, Father, forgive my sins so that my prayers might be heard. Uh, sure. That'd be great. Thank you. So I, I want to say this to you, and people say, well, that's so simple. What you just said is so simple. That, that can't possibly be the end of Revelation. That can't possibly be the end of this study. I'm here to tell you, it is that. It is that simple. It is that easy. It's It's... You know, and this is not... Remember I said in the very beginning, I said, I asked council leads and I asked people to come for business consulting or whatever the case, whatever problem is they have. And they say, hey, can you help me? I don't know why they think I can help them, but whatever. Uh, 
And I say, what have you tried? Oh, I've tried everything. Remember that story? I've tried everything. And you hand them a piece, piece of paper and a pen and you say, write down everything you've tried. And they write down one thing and then they write down a second thing listed as item number two, but it's really item number one, just restated a different way. You say, well, you haven't tried everything. You've tried one thing. It's because the answer is literally that simple. It is literally that simple. Thank you. What did I say at the beginning of this? I said, you know, first of all, let me say this. I'm going to add this in this free of charge and no cost or obligation to you. You've got to be in the right frame of mind to come before God. And I'll tell you, sometimes the right frame of mind is when you're humbled. When you've clawed at the ground just to get up on your knees. You say, man, I don't have to get down on my knees. I'm on my face. I'm trying to get up to a kneeling position. That's how bad things are right now. You've got to be in the right frame of mind, knowing where you are before God. Then you've got you to read Revelation. You've got to read it. Sometimes five, six, twenty, thirty-four times. You've got to read the little notes, the little, the little references. You've got to read those things that take you back to the Old Testament and get the links. You've got to do those things. You've got to trust God that He wants you to know. But if you've got a bunch of junk that you don't understand beforehand, don't go trying to jump to Revelation. Because God will handle His business. Will He not? Can I get an amen? He'll handle His business. He doesn't need your approval or your understanding to know He'll handle your business. So as we complete Revelation, you might think, well, what does General Elections Values Voter Guide have to do with Revelation, finishing up Revelation? Trust me when I tell you, there's a direct and powerful link. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, this, this was done, uh, Nicole Tice and her team of the Delaware Strong Families, Delaware Family Policy Council did this. You say, thank you for coming. You say, listen, uh, I don't know who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I am not going to tell you who to vote for. And this isn't going to tell you who to vote for. This voter's got him holding up. There was legal battles. If you knew what went into getting this here, it was just unbelievable. Lawsuits and everything. They didn't want you to know even what's in here. Now, just for fun, I'm going to look at this. Federal questions. Do you support or... Now, this is... I think it was six times they were sent it three different ways. By mail, by email, and by fax. Everybody in here, when you open this puppy up and you see... All these different races, Newcastle County, statewide races, blah, blah, blah. You see all these, and you say, you know, because I'm going to equip you. This is going to take about five minutes, believe it or not. This would be the, you'd be like, man, I wish you to preach the five-minute sermon instead of the hour-and-a-half-long sermon, good lands. Here's the questions. Raising the minimum wage. Are you for it or are you against it? Support or oppose? Repealing the Affordable Care Act. Support or oppose? Federal prohibition on abortion after an unborn child can feel pain. Support or oppose. Approving the Keystone Pipeline. Support or oppose. Amending the United States Constitution to define marriage as the union of one man and one woman. Support or oppose. Making parents eligible for direct grants so their children can attend the school of their choice. Support or oppose. Adding sexual orientation and gender identity as protected classes in federal anti-discrimination laws for employment. Carbon, support or oppose. Carbon emissions tax, support or oppose. 
Federal funding of Planned Parenthood, supporter opposed. Prohibited internet gambling, supporter opposed. Prohibiting U.S. security agencies from using drones to spy on U.S. citizens, support or oppose. Israel's actions against Hamas, supporter opposed. Now, we're going to go, those are the federal questions, right? Those are the federal questions. We want to know both things. Let's go to the state questions, which are on the back. Do you support or oppose? These are questions asked of every single person here. Do you support or oppose? The redefinition of marriage in Delaware resulting in any two adults being permitted to marry. Do you support or oppose that? Do you support or oppose same-day voter registration? Do you support or oppose legislation permitting assisted suicide, a process that provides patients with medical assistance to end their lives? Do you support or oppose the redefinition of gender in Delaware? Come on now. Are you ready for this? Resulting in gender being as how one identifies versus his or her assignment at birth. What do I feel like today? A girl or a boy? That's who I get to be. Or a purple penguin. I can't, I can't even believe this question is in here. Repeal of Delaware's estate tax. Listen, Delaware, you want to know why all these people are selling their farms? Get rid of their farms? Because the government is forcing them to do it. Because using the death tax and the estate tax, they're crushing farming families because they're appraising these farms as though they were the maximum density allowed of housing development sold at the highest market price they could be sold at. That's what they're being taxed, not as a field of means. That's exactly right. So dad dies, passes the farm on. They can start LLCs. They can also do trusts. I teach people that all the time. There's an easy way to beat these fools, but I say let's beat this law. This is this is an unjust law. Anyway, support or oppose. Do you support or oppose legislation that requires parental notification prior to material presented in school which involves sex acts, human sexuality issues, and family planning? Let me tell you what's going on in Sussex County, Delaware in eighth grade sex education. They are teaching how this is in a co-ed eighth grade class. I kid you not, and I'm sorry to be uh, gross, they're teaching how to masturbate in those classes. Girls and boys, same class, teaching that. This law would deal with that. Unbelievable, and you have no say. Do you support or oppose legislation offering all parents choices in education through parent empowerment education savings accounts, which allow the use of tax funding otherwise allocated to the resident school district to a government-authorized savings account accessible by parents for approved educational uses? Let me tell you something. You send your child to a private school. We, we homeschooled our child, but it was $2,500 a year and then some, excuse me, more than $2,500 a year when he was at Liberty University Online Academy, the high school for Liberty. It was expensive. Well, guess what? We still had to pay our school taxes. We still had to pay that. We, and we don't have a say at all. What is, let me tell you something. The most important elections, you hear me say this all the time, the most important elections that you can fight for and, and candidates that you can fight for are school board because people get started in their uh, political career in school boards. That's where they get started. It's the easiest. Sometimes there's, no, there's not even 120 people to vote. Not 120 people to vote in a school board. These people decide what your children are going to be taught. These people decide if there's a person who gets caught, just like in Apoconomic High School or uh, Reading uh, District, Reading High School. A teacher was just caught. Uh, he's a heroin addict, and 
uh, he all these terrible things, and, and he was a, a respected teacher, but people kind of said, we knew something was up. Why didn't anybody say anything? Why? Because you don't do that. That's not where it, the way it's structured there. That's reality. We have no say in those things. We have no say in those things. This would at least give you some say, and you would get something back for the taxes that you're paying. I believe in good schools, don't get me wrong, but they can give you some of it back. Repeal of Delaware's tax on carbon dioxide emissions that raise the cost of electricity. Now, did you know that? Did you know Delaware already has a carbon tax? Did you know that? How many in the room knew that? Raise your hand. Maybe half. We already have a carbon tax. Did you know it was put into place? Nope. You sure didn't. Parental consent for abortion for minors under the age of 18. House Bill 80. Did you know that your child... They don't need parental consent. They do for Tylenol, but not for an abortion. There's a reason for that. Legislation, do you support or oppose legislation requiring hearings and public input to decide how federal rates to the top funds are to be used in Delaware schools and amending Title 14 to prohibit the compilation and sharing of personal student data except for administrative use and federal grant, grant compliance? Do you support or oppose Internet gambling to help increase gambling revenues for Delaware. Can you imagine how easy these are to answer? How do you don't how how don't you know? How don't you know the answers to these questions? How, how is it possible you couldn't know the answers to these questions? If you're running for state or federal office, how do you not know the answers to these questions? You've got to know these are basic questions. Haven't, lobbies haven't told them how to vote yet. So, so we'll just pick one. Senator Coons. Chris Coons. He's a Democrat. Sent one of the two senators for us. Um, question number one. Uh, raising the minimum wage. He supports it. Oddly enough, Kevin Wade supports it. Raising the federal government raising the minimum wage. I don't know why he supports it. I can't imagine. I'm going to call him up. That's part of what I'm telling you. The strategy I'm going to teach you to deploy. I'm going to call him and say, Kevin, I know Kevin. He's a good guy. It says here that you support federally mandated raising of the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Is that true? And then make him explain it to me. That's what I'm telling you to do. Make him explain it. Listen, you think you can change. Now, he's not elected. He's running against Coon. You want to shape society have a role in the people that are, the, are 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 running for office and then once they get there be on their case it doesn't cost a penny to find out what bills are going up down in dover it doesn't cost a penny you go online you can find all of it you want to know who's donating money to these people you go online it's free of charge it's free of charge call them up the number's right there 202-322-1140 he says he supports that he opposes question number two, which is repealing the Affordable Care Act. Why? Because he carries the water for Barack Obama. Number three, federal prohibition on abortion after an unborn child can feel pain. Well, he opposes. He opposes that. Let me tell you something. I'm going to just, I could go through all these. I'm going to hit a couple others because I think it's important for you to know. I'm going to just tell you something. If someone claims to be a Christian and they cast a vote yes for a candidate that is pro-abortion, 
I think you should start being quiet about being a Christian. You should, best little light of mine, I'm going to let it, don't let it shine. Put something over it and hide it. Don't let people know you're a Christian. I don't want them to know you're a Christian. You say, oh, I support abortion. I, I support a woman's right to choose. The guy, listen, Barack Obama, Barack Obama supports post-birth abortions. You can't be. I, I'm, t- I'm just telling you right now, you don't understand what the word Christian means if you say you believe that a child should be born alive and then left there with no palliative care whatsoever and allowed to die. And that still count as an abortion. Um, you see all these things. He supports... No. No, he's showing innocent. Good analogy. If we locked him up in a jail cell and didn't feed him, didn't give him a blanket, didn't put no, didn't put a heat, nothing nowhere for him to sleep, oh, that would be the worst thing ever. Yep. <laughs> right. I'm trying to find, there's one person in particular I'm trying to find. And doggone if I can't, I'm struggling to find her. Okay, we've got a question here. What's up with, with Rose Izzo? I'm going to say this on the recording. Call her out, y'all who are listening at home. Um, there's a candidate here talking about she has no answer. She didn't answer. What happens then? So, so here's the thing. So we find, and this is part of the strategy right here. This is so easy. We, we look through here, we look through our ones. We don't just look at our district, right? You don't look at just your district. You look all over. And you don't just have to call on your district. Call on all of them. They're representing your state. So Rose Izzo, here's the one I'm looking for. Bethany Hall Long. I'm going to talk about that one. Bethany Hall Long. She is, she is ours. She's our representative. Her and Quinn. So here's the thing, folks. You see zeros across there or you see no answer or you see an X that says they didn't respond, you call that number. We've provided you a number there to call. We know all those numbers are good. we validated those numbers. Call that number and say, hey, could I speak to candidate Joe Schmuckatelli or, or Senator you know, Elena Schmuckatelli? Can I talk to them? Uh, well, they're not here. Uh, when will they be back? Uh, they won't be back until, well, what's this regarding? Well, I'd like to talk to them about their position on and then list of things and and i want to ask them why they didn't fill out the delaware strong surveys that were mailed to them faxed to them and emailed to them on three different occasions on six different occasions three different ways these these were i can assure you these were there plenty of time And here's my answer to that. Here's my answer to that. Yeah. But but here's the thing. Here's what I would say to you. If they can't handle that basic thing of going through 24 questions, folks, it's 24 questions. Doesn't matter. Life will get busier for them. I know. 
I hear you, but these get put in the hands of hundreds of thousands of people all across the state. This is one of the most important things they can do. You know why? Especially if they're conservative or they want to be conservative because this goes to a lot of people who say, who should I vote for? There's nothing there. Get on the phone, call them up. If that person doesn't, can't find a time. Listen, if David Barton and Rick Green can write as many books as they do, as busy as they are, these people can find a way to ride in a car, have somebody drive them, and ride in a car and say, okay, i got to fill this out. Let me mark this. Ooh, where's my number two pencil? They don't even have to do that. They just have an internet connection and do it online. There's nothing to it. Nothing to it. It takes ten minutes. Not even ten minutes. If they don't manage their time well enough, they're not for, they're not, this is not the job for them because it's going to get busier. If the job's going to get busier, folks, it's going to get harder. And what I'm saying to you is you look across here and you see a bunch of dashes. Yeah, and look how they answer. Yeah. So, so you look at these. You look at these here. Bethany Hall Long is mine. Uh, so you go to question number one. She supports. She supports. Now somebody tell me. Question number one, redefinition of marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah, she supports it. Uh, Newcastle State Senate. And she's an incumbent. Uh, and then she didn't answer question two, question three, uh, support support on four and five, oppose on six. Didn't answer seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Why didn't she answer seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? Ooh, oh, she didn't answer those. Why might she not have answered? Why might she not have answered? Why might somebody not answer some and answer another? Either that or they don't they don't want anybody to there's Jerry's got the answer to the question. They don't want anybody to know how they believe. They don't want to know they don't want you to know how they're going to vote. They don't want you to know. So you get them on the phone. Listen, folks, this is this is what you want to say. I want to make a difference. Let's just pick Delaware. I want to make a difference in Delaware. We can't make a difference in the nation if we don't make a difference in our own state. So you go down this list. You take this piece of paper that's been provided to you through great struggle, trust me when I tell you, and great cost. And you go through this, and you call these numbers, and you say, okay, Matthew Den, you didn't respond, but we see, okay, we see some things, your public stuff that you say, but you didn't answer 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, Theodore Cotilla. You didn't answer any of them. State Treasurer Sean Barney, you didn't answer any of them. Ken Simpler, you didn't answer, but he don't want to go on Christian radio. That's not his thing. Uh, Ken Simpler, you didn't answer. How, why are we not going to know? Well, Simpler might say, well, you know what? Those questions don't matter because you know what? I'm a state treasurer. I'm going for state treasurer. I'm not going for governor, really. What was our governor before he was governor? He was state treasurer, folks. People run for dog catcher. People run for recorder of deeds to get their feet wet in the political process. People run for school board to get started in the career. They run for, uh, bless you, they run for, uh, what are those things, homeowners associations, presidents, to get their feet wet, to get used to running. Feet to the fire, folks. Nobody can do everything. Everybody can do something. You can at least call these numbers. Take 20 minutes. Take 20 minutes and call these numbers. What I suggest you do is highlight the ones where they didn't answer at all and say, hey, I'm just calling. I'm one of your constituents, and I'm a resident of Delaware, and I would like to know why you didn't fill out the Delaware Strong Survey. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
And let me say that. Let me say this. That seems silly and crazy, but we are electing them to make decisions for us. We get the government we deserve. So if we don't take action with this piece of paper, if we don't take action and we say, well, what can you do? You can't fight City Hall. What have, I, what have you done to win your country back? I've done everything. I've done everything. Let's write down what we've done. And we get two things. One thing restated. This is our chance to do a hard and fast thing. Man, we can go across there. Fear revelation, struggle with revelation. We're today, and we're not getting it done. People, we've got to do this. So you look through you look through this and you call, you look at Sussex County. I mean, good lands. They didn't answer Price, Cole, or Wheatley, didn't answer anything. Call their number. So let me tell you this. Would you stop? Would you stop there? They're unopposed. Would you not call those people that didn't answer because they're unopposed? No, call them up. Say, where do you stand on this? Well, we didn't answer. Why didn't you answer? Well, we didn't answer because we don't have a, uh, we don't have anybody. Up, we don't have an opponent. You know what? That doesn't matter. I'm interested now because you have nobody. You must be so good that nobody wants to come up against you. I'd love to know what you believe on, and then start running the questions down. Do you support or above? I don't need a big long answer. Well, we don't want to be blah, 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 blah. You know, don't. I said, no, I just need a supporter opposed. Do you support this or you oppose it? Read the question verbatim and then say, I'm waiting for your answer. Do you support or oppose? Well, you can go to my website and look and all the. No, no, no. I'm on the phone with you now. I might never get you on the phone again. Do you support or do you oppose? Read the question. Somebody says, I didn't answer. I didn't answer because of. I'll go back to this. I didn't answer because I don't have an opponent. Really? You don't want the state of Delaware to know? You don't want the constituents? Well, my constituents know already. How I believe. That's why I keep getting elected. Really? Really? Charlie Rangel? Do you know Al Sharpton? He's not an elected official. Do you know Al Sharpton owes millions of dollars in taxes? Do you know uh, Jesse Jackson owes tens of millions of dollars in taxes? And he's owed them for decades. If they were running for public office, wouldn't you want that to be a question you ask them? You don't have to say, well, I don't know their number, because we can look right here. And we know these numbers are right. Some of these, here's a, here's a little tip line for you. Some of these are their personal cell phones. Some of these are their home phones. You went, hi, no? I called the house. And they got a little kid on the phone, on the answer machine. Hi, you read so-and-so house, and, and he's not home right now. And can you leave your number and call us back? Now, if it's a little kid, it's a home number. Be sweet. Don't be ignorant. Don't call these people and be ignorant, but be insistent. Be a warrior. Hashtag happy warrior. Be insistent. You say, I don't want to bother them at home. Really? Where do they get their paycheck? Oh, it gets direct deposit right into their bank. It's ACH right into their bank. Who writes that check? You do. You are their employer. You have every right to know where they stand. If someone says to you, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and answer to you where I stand on this. I don't have to answer to you, really. I think you have a misunderstanding, a vital misunderstanding of who the boss and who the employee is. And I'm going to make a little highlight mark right here, right now, for the way you answered. And I'm going to dedicate my retired self to getting you out of office.
I know a lot of people, and I'm going to put it out to everybody. This is, I called to this person at this state, date and time, and this is how they answered. They answered this way. They answered this way. This is how they answered on this. Can you believe it? Here's his number. You should call him and let him know your displeasure. You want to change something? You want to change something? You really want to change how Delaware is? You really want to change this country? Then guess what? You've got to do this. This is easy. Everybody can do it. We say, oh, I'm not a confrontational person. They're not going to reach through the phone. Well, I don't want to get audited. Really? Really? Are we that afraid? I said this at the meeting on Friday. I don't know if you were there. I spoke at the end. Were you still there? Or did you hear? Uh, I said, listen, we, we've got to stop with this business of I'm afraid of, of uh, losing my, uh, you know, I don't want to give to a certain organization because they don't have, they don't hide that I'm given to them. They have to show that I'm given to them. Or I have to give $99 so it's not reportable. I say that's why we're losing. The whole thing with churches and this whole business about IRS, you know, tax deductible contributions to church and uh, your tithes and everything. That's why we're losing. We're saying, please give us back 28 cents of our money, of our dollar. We'll be good. We'll say only what you want us to say. We'll talk about the topics you want us to talk about. We won't do the ones you say not to. If you just give us our money. That's why we're losing. That's why we're losing. I'm saying to you, your strategy today, your thing today, and to do this week and the next week, you know, and listen, if they if you don't get a hold of them, put LM, left left message. Put the date and the time. Then when you call back tomorrow, I suggest you call back tomorrow. They say, oh, he'll be back in after 3. Okay, great. I'll call back then. 3 o'clock, you put them on your list to call at 3 o'clock. Hello. I asked a question of your assistant, and they said you were out. So, uh, you know, now that you're on the phone, can I go through some questions? They're very brief. Only take a minute. Well, I don't have time. I I'm a very busy man. Really? What are you busy doing? Well, I'm handling the business of the, of the state. I'm handling the business of my district. Really? Because I'm in your district. I'm in your state. I'm a constituent. And this is important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And good, because we don't need fakes. Let me let me say this. There's one on here, Rose Izzo. You can see under the phone number, under federal candidates, it says not listed. She's been running for years. She's she's here we'll put up opposition. Opposition. But why is her phone number not listed? How does she have, how is she running for public office? How is she running for public office has an unlisted phone number? She's real. Rose is, oh, yeah. She's real. I've met her, actually. So my thing is, find her phone number. Find where she is. Be a detective. Go on the Internet. Look her up. Find out where she is. Find a phone number for her and call her. Send her a note saying, hey, I don't have your, see what her email is. Yeah. Oh, he didn't have time. Trust me, he's got time. So I'm saying to you, 
you have you don't even have to think about what to ask him if they have if they if there's an x there and they didn't fill it out say how come you didn't fill it out well i'm very busy do you know how many of these i get let me ask you something how big is delaware y'all do we have a million people the job will get busier once you get it unless you're barack obama and you've played 200 and some rounds of golf most ever in history most ever in history I don't know if he can play or not. I haven't played with him, but he sure can't throw a baseball, y'all. Anyway, there you go. So my so my thing is, as I close this off, my thing is this: if you see an X in there, call all those X's first. Those people that didn't take the time to fill this out, trust me, they had this a long time. They had this a long time. I've been very closely involved with campaigns. I know how busy they are, but I can tell you what. This is the most important thing you can fill out. And the reason why many of them don't fill it out is because they don't want you to know where they stand. Do you remember a time when on the, um, on the, the road signs, you remember a time where those road signs always had an R or a D? You'd be hard-pressed to find what they stand for now. I say, yes, revelation is important. I say, yes, we, we need to study on those things. We need to pray on those things. But let me tell you what. You know what we need to do? We need to handle our business while we're here. And this is a document that will help you do it. It would take you, if you took just four or five numbers a day, it wouldn't take you but a week to work your way through. The pertinent numbers, the pertinent people. A week, maybe two weeks. The election is November. It's in November, folks. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.